where are the things for my kids? There are lots of amenities and beer gardens for myself and my husband to go hang out, but where's the place where I can take my child to play that's easy and accessible for me? Welcome to Infinite Earth Radio. We believe that in a world of finite natural resources, a smart and sustainable future is only possible by lifting up people and unleashing unlimited human potential. Infinite Earth Radio will not only help you learn from bright, visionary civic leaders who are building smarter, more inclusive and sustainable communities, but you'll discover how you can bring these ideas to your community. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Hancocks and Vernice Miller-Travis. Welcome back to Infinite Earth Radio, where we talk with thought leaders and change agents who are transforming the future by building smarter, more sustainable, and more equitable communities. This is your host, Mike Hancocks, and this is one in a series of podcasts recorded at the 2017 New Partners for Smart Growth Conference in St. Louis, Missouri. I want to encourage all our listeners to go to our website, infiniteearthradio.com, and sign up to get our weekly email, which will give you a heads up about future podcast episodes and other sustainability and equity news. On our website, you can also access all our past episodes along with the show notes and resources from today's podcast. That's infiniteearthradio.com. Our topic this week is play and the importance of play in our society but also the importance of spaces for play in vibrant communities and how play and play spaces contribute and are a sign of a healthy community. Our guest today is Aisha Alexander, Director of City Initiatives at Kaboom. Welcome, Aisha. Thank you for having me, Mike. Well, thanks for um, dropping by today. So first, tell us, um, let's start out with what is Kaboom? So Kaboom is a nonprofit organization, a national nonprofit organization that's committed to making sure that all kids have the access to the play opportunities they need to thrive. Um, most known for, by doing this through building community-built playgrounds across the country, um, but we've expanded our strategy in the past four years to include what we call playability, so access to play opportunities not just through playgrounds, but other ways to put play into the built environment so kids are able to have access in unusual spaces. Why is that so important? Why, why are you motivated to do that? So there's lots of reasons um, that play is really important. I think number one, we believe that play is a fundamental right of childhood. It is the work of children. Um, but there's also numerous public health implications. So when we think about uh, the issues that we have with obesity, particularly in the United States, uh, play helps you develop those healthy habits early on. But beyond those physical uh, implications, there's also the mental health implications. So play also helps kids cope with the early onset of toxic stress. It helps them to be able to go out and, and release their energy, release their frustration. It's the first place where you learn to get along with others. 
you quite literally, you fall down, you scrape your knee, you learn how to brush it off and get up, you learn to be resilient. And so all of those factors combine resiliency, uh, preventing onset of toxic stress, preventing onset of obesity, all of those factors combine to actually extend your, your lifespan. Play helps you learn. It gives you access to a better set of 21st century early learning skills that will carry you on throughout adulthood. And so all of these things are essential, and they really only happen for kids through the work of play. And so doesn't everybody have access to play? I mean, why is this such an issue? You would think so, right? So you know, my childhood, I got a lot of time to be able to play, and but it's really a, a privilege. I think about a kid that's growing up in a, a public housing project, doesn't have a backyard, there's no um, park that's nearby, or if there is a park or playground nearby, there's not a safe way to get there. Uh, Think about the stressors that low-income kids and families are under. If you have a a parent or parents that are working more than one job, you have to go to the laundromat to do your laundry, you have to use public transportation to get to one place to another. Think about how difficult a journey to a, a, a playground may be if you don't have access right in right there in your community. You may have to get on a bus. First, you get the kids packed up. You have to make sure you have snacks, baby wipes. You get your kids with their hats and coats and all of that on. You take a sidewalk that may not be all that safe to a bus. Uh, you get on the bus. Your youngest child has fallen asleep and now is waking up when you finally get to the playground that's across town because a nice playground doesn't exist in your community. They're waking up when you get there. They're cranky. Then somebody has to go to the bathroom and there's not one there. Play is absolutely something that's not available to everyone and you think it should be. It's, a, like I said, a fundamental right, but it's just not available particularly for low-income kids and families. Yeah, I think that folks who have access to public spaces and parks don't appreciate the fact there are a lot of people who don't, right? And so absolutely. We've had a, a friend of ours, friend of the of the podcast, Robert Garcia, you know, has done a lot of work as uh, in terms of access to the outdoors as a civil right. Yes. And that there's a lot of folks being denied that access. Very true. So tell us about Kaboom's Play Everywhere Challenge. Yes. So I had the privilege of working on our Play Everywhere Challenge for the, the past year. And I'll step back a little bit, and I alluded to it a little bit in our introduction and, and talk about how we got to the Play Everywhere Challenge. Um, so we realized through our community-built playgrounds that we could not address the problem at scale. And so we worked with Ideas42, a behavioral research firm, uh, to figure out what are the barriers to play. And when we looked at those barriers, we found out that what needs to happen to be able to give access to all kids is to really make play everywhere, the corner store of play. Um, how can play be a fuse along the way so it's not just a destination? Now, there's no natural time that play takes place in a day. There's all of these competing priorities for kids and families. So how can we make play infuse into everyday moments, into everyday spaces where moments of frustration can be turned into moments of joy? And so we really wanted to have this Play Everywhere Challenge to help spur these types of ideas of how you can infuse play into everyday spaces where kids and families are already spending time because as we you know discuss that access is so important so how can we make it where it's right there where kids already are and so we partnered with Target 
Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, uh, Playworld Systems, as well as the National Endowment for the Arts and the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development for the Play Everywhere Challenge. We were able to give away $1 million uh, to 50 winners across the country to develop these Play Everywhere projects, and we had over 1,000 applications. It was a very hard job. They were so well done. We first determined what are the key principles um, through a charrette process to develop a play everywhere type of project. And our applicants came through in a big way um, in being able to address the needs of low-income kids and families in places that they already are, like bus stops, um, bus plazas, uh, laundromats, grocery stores, corner stores, um, trash cans, sidewalks, their routes to school. Uh, so it was amazing demonstration. And what we hope will come of this is that these 50 projects and not just the 50, right, because a lot of these were so great that um, they're finding ways to do them outside of our funding. Um, But these 50 projects actually work as demonstration projects for the cities where they are taking place, but also cities across the country to say, this is important, this works, and this is how you can get it done. So I'm sorry, how many applications did you have? Over 1,000. Wow. Yeah, that's fantastic, because like you said, 50 got accepted, but the other 950 or Mm 1,000... They went through the process. They thought about it. And now you've stimulated activity. How can people learn more about Kaboom and the challenge? So visit kaboom.org. Follow us on all of our social media channels, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. But if you visit kaboom.org slash play everywhere, you're able to see all of the different projects that were submitted as well as the winners categorized by project type. You can also download our Play Everywhere playbook that talks about what makes a a space a play everywhere face. Fantastic. So you're talking about play and the access to play and how important that is to the development of children, both physically and mentally. It also seems to me like, not being an expert in this, and Mm -hmm. this is kind of really more of a question, it seems like if I, as a community, I start thinking about how do I make this place a place where kids can play, I'm also making it a much more attractive place overall. I'm making, you know, we talk a lot about placemaking and the idea that you want to, from an economic development point, it's very important to have communities where people want to live. So it seems like it's it's kind of serving two purposes at the same time. Absolutely. So it's been said that kids are indicator species for cities, right? If you go into a community, you see that kids are out playing, laughing, smiling, you know that the rest of the, the community is really healthy um, because it, it means something that they feel safe and, and welcome there. And the other thing that we look at when we're talking about playability, we see millennials like myself moving into cities and we love cities. We think they're great. Cities are developing just for us. But then you get married and you have a child just like I did five months ago and you look around and you say where are the the things for my kids there are lots of amenities and beer gardens for myself and my husband to go hang out but where's the place where I can take my child to play um, that's easy and accessible for me and so what happens is you start considering I need to be someplace where play opportunities and things for amenities for children are more accessible so cities are unable to retain kids and families uh, because they are not thinking and designing and planning for them. Um, so most certainly these play opportunities add a value um, to communities just beyond um, developing kids. 
Yeah, and I think that that's such a hugely important thing because I think we we failed to see the cycles that repeat themselves, right? So we had a period when the baby boomers wanted to be in the urban you know urban areas and cities did really well and then they moved out when they had kids. Exactly. And then yeah, now you got the wave of the millennials and we need to learn from the last wave so that we don't have a hollowing out of these places that are now really popular become a lot less popular. Exactly. Planning is about looking 20 years ahead. And if you're thinking about kids now and actually involving kids in the process now, they're effectively planning for their own future. So we have to make sure that we're not repeating the same mistakes as past. Fantastic. Aisha, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thank you so much for the work that you do. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. We look forward to seeing you next time on Infinite Earth Radio. Infinite Earth Radio is a podcast produced by Skio in association with the Local Government Commission. To learn more about Skio, Infinite Earth Radio guests, or how you can make a difference in your community, visit our website at infiniteearthradio.com or join us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash infiniteearthradio and Twitter by following at infiniteearthradio.com.